Hey, welcome to the All 49ers show. Grant Cohn, Jose Sanchez, Jesse Naylor's got the week off. He's on uh, a little Christmas vacation. I think he went to Wally World. But we'll Wally see him next World. week. Yeah, that's where you go. No, that wasn't that wasn't the Christmas vacation. That was the regular vacation. Anyway, I don't I know where Jesse went, but there's so many people trying to dox him at this time of year. I'm not going to say. Is Wally World like the Disney thing where from the movie or is that literally yeah. is Florida thing? It's in the movie. It's from the movie. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is Jose. If you if you if you follow, well, this is the All Forty Nine ers show. If you follow the All Forty Nine ers. You, you've probably noticed that Jose hasn't written an article the last few days. He's on IR, but <laughs> we are hopeful and confident that he'll be back for the playoffs. I hope so. Who comes back first, Debo or me? <laughs> Let's put that uh, right now. Who comes back, Debo or me? You? I don't Debo? know. You t- what do you think? Well, you wait, tell me. Is- no, I'll come back before Elijah. I hope it's Debo. I mean, I hope it's me before Debo. Sheesh. So what happened with Jose is he got in a fight with a grizzly bear and won. But he's out for two weeks. Anyway. Hey, I did tell you about on Tahoe a few weeks ago that a bear did ransack a couple of my friends' cars. Yeah, and then he didn't come back anymore after that because Jose dealt with him. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the Niners just – the Pro Bowl rosters just came out, and uh, there were six Niners on the team, and there were seven Niners as alternates. That's – Six, seven, 13 49ers. That's a lot. That's a lot of 49ers. Good That's for more them. than one side of the ball. It is. It really is. So let's go through the good and the bad. What do you think the Pro Bowl got right about the 49ers? Mm, so you got your like your standards. Like obviously you got the Nick Bosa's, the Trent Williams, um, no yeah, that's that, the Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. Yeah, like it's like Kittle, all right, those are still those used chocks chocks for the year. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy they got Talano Hufunga. I did not see that happening. That I nice. thought that was – I thought he was like, is he Pro Bowl caliber? Hell yeah, he deserves it. Did I think he was going to get it? No. He's not a recognizable name. Well, I mean, now he is. Now I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's like one of the more shocking Pro Bowl um, green lights I've ever seen because it's just like – I mean, I understand he's playing for – 49ers, so they're recognizable and, and a great defense. People could probably say, oh, he's a product of the defense. And, you know, but I guess that just goes to show when you're a ball hawking safety, it matters. It freaking matters, especially when you're durable. The fact that he's there for every game, every snap, and he's making plays on the ball and he's getting turnovers, he's generating these hits. And then, you know, he might be a little more recognizable than I give him credit for because people will see his, like, you know, his, give him his specific Islander nature. And um, and he's got the Troy Palomalo And he's got the Palomalo. People are like, oh, yeah, Palomalo part two. And then so so he, actually he might be more recognizable in that sense if you actually think about it. But, man, I am so happy they got that right. I did not see that happening. Yeah, I mean, four picks, two forced fumbles and a touchdown, two sacks, five, five tackles for loss and eight pass defense. Like, guy's a baller. And he has given up a few touchdowns. But at the same time, like, I'll take it. He's durable. Like, he's a really good player. I, I, I'll take no, – I like Jaquaski Tart. He's a good guy. I feel like they're opposite t- styles of safeties. Um, Tart's a better athlete than Hafunga. Tart maybe um, uh, follows his assignments more closely than Talanoa Hafunga. But Hafunga just makes plays, and I'll take that. Y- you need that somewhere in your defense, and he's the guy – He's only one of three safeties who made the freaking team. Him, Diggs, and Buda Baker. So that's high praise. Also, um, let's look at some of the uh, alternates. Jake Brendel. 
out of Dude. nowhere, his first year starting, he's a Pro Bowl alternate. And I, I'm guessing not a lot of people, like, fans voted for him. So that must mean no. that players and coaches watch the film and they're like, damn, CC4. For the I, th- I like the alternates more than the actual. Although, yeah. you know what? I'm, I don't think the uh, the fan votes is a thousand percent. Like, they don't always let him in because Tua was leading for the AFC and then he didn't get in at all. I think he's an alternate. Yeah, he, oh, I don't wow. think he got in. I think, the, I think the leading one, I mean, I could. Could correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what it looked like. Um, well, I think it's one third fan votes, one third coaches, one third players. So, so if like pretty much if they think the fans are tripping, they're like, "All right, you're tripping. We're gonna we're gonna supplant you." Yeah. Which is thank God, good, good, because I'm I'm pretty sure if it was fan voting, Talano wouldn't have gotten in. Um, no. you know, so you wouldn't got to burrow over these players. But yeah, I, I love that they were there. I mean, let, let's circle. Speaking about Brendo and then Hufunga, let's circle back to when we were talking about it in training camp. Like, are these guys gonna be adequate replacements for? You know, their previous starters, you know, you had Alex Mack, you know, he wasn't great, even though he was a Pro Bowl that year, but he's solid. You know, Tart, you know, I get it. People hate him from the NFC Championship. Both of all, he was a solid he was player. A when healthy. Solid fixture on the team, for sure. But now, fuck, yeah. is like, man, like, all the all the questions I had about him, is just like, was was speed, was, is he going to get that play recognition? Is he going to, like, is he going to be able to make up his speed with play recognition and awareness, which he does a thousand percent. He's got a nose for the ball. He's like freaking the fruit loops, toucan Sam, who's over there fighting or fighting for the ball. Like every play, the guy just yeah. has a nose for it, which is great. It's, it's massive upgrade. I did not have that on my bingo card this year or Brendel. Another one. Um, Ray Ray. He totally deserves it. He's a hell of a returner. Every time he gets the, I, I, he just, he's not like going to get the touchdown necessarily as a returner. But he's gonna get you four, like five to ten yards more than you would expect, which is all you want. He finishes yeah. violently. He's tough, and he gets you. It feels like he gets you consistently thirty yards of kick return. And doesn't fumble the ball. He doesn't fumble the ball. <laughs> that's crazy. He's fumbled it six times last year, but this time zero times. Dude, that's he's clutch. Super deserving of it. Um, yeah, and like just to see Fred Warner sort of like settle into that perennial Pro Bowler. He deserves it for sure. Uh, Kittle, I mean, I, I I was hard on Kittle this year, but like, if he's not a Pro Bowler, who else is in the NFC at tight end? <laughs> tight ends, yeah. Um, use check. He's, he's like a lifer in this one. Trent Williams uh, deserves it. Nick Bosa deserves it. So those are all good ones. Let's talk about what the Pro Bowl got wrong about the 49ers. Uh, I think it's hard not to both of us to mention anyone else other than Dre Greenlaw. Like and like, it wasn't I, even an alternate. Like not an alternate. Like again, I I reached. I look at the alternates more closely than do anything else. Which either or, I'll, it would have been good if you got in either or. He wasn't not. He wasn't any of that. How many good linebackers? How many linebackers are better than Dre Greenlaw in the NFC? Not much. I don't even think Fred Warner is better than him this year. I mean, the, yeah, Dre you could Greenlaw's, argue that. You could argue that Greenlaw's the leading tackler on the 49ers. I mean, Greenlaw's had the biggest plays this season. I don't see how. This I guarantee you, if the play of Greenlaw started from week one, where he didn't was was playing like so out of control in that first like right. four to six week span, then we're having a different story. Or even even if it was just after those first few games, but because of that, and he was pretty much making like a last minute huff and puff on the way on the way. Uh, also, the hit on Herbert, the hit on Herbert. Yes, he got ejected. Got ejected. Pretty much like that. Pretty yeah. much, I think people just call call that off as like a. We'll X off that game. We'll call it a chalk. Yeah, but Gre- Greenlaw's biggest sin is being <clears throat> too fast, too vi- He's too fast and too furious, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's going on good. You know now it's too fast and furious is going on very well because he's in control. He's staying. He's he's almost. He's pretty much staying on the tracks of what he needs to do. Yeah. It's, he's he's beelines to his guy. He sees the trajectory and he's not he's not doing the boneheaded mistakes 
that a rookie or a guy fuming would make. He, he's he's playing sweet. He's playing smart football and aggressive football, which is dangerous, which is always what, a hard balance yeah. to get in the two. It's impossible. And what disappoints me about this is that I understand the fans not knowing about Dre Greenlaw. Coaches and players? What the hell, man? You should, I'm just – who else got into – I didn't see the did, – have you seen the list? I'm trying to look at the list. Who else got into the list of alternates? No, but I know Demario Davis made it as the other starter. Next Demario to, Davis, uh, I guess, Warner. yeah. That's maybe more name. Um, yeah, I would assume maybe it's Jordan Brooks. Time. Because his name was being fluttered around, but I'm not sure how how great he of a year he was playing. There's also that linebacker, the Packers, but their defense has been pretty bad this year. I just can't think about even wait. Sorry, <laughs> let's talk about other other things they got wrong about the Niners because Greenlaw definitely got screwed. But there's other things that I thought they got wrong. I mean, um, no Ayuk. No I'm okay with that Ayuk. one. Really, I'm okay with that one only because wow. only because Debo over Ayuk. How many okay, Debo Ayuk, yeah, is, is is blasphemous for sure. Are you kidding? Um, like that's totally reputation. Ayuk has had a better year than Debo. There's no question about that. So if there's if they're putting four starters, right? The four stars was Brown, Lamb, Glorin, um, and obviously Jettas. That, so does that mean there's four more fair. alternates? I'm not saying that Ayuk. No, no, no. no I'm just I'm just asking, like, is, yeah. so that means oh, I don't so that means know. Instead, I don't know. starters and four, that means you're gonna put four alternates, right? For each one. Yeah. yeah. Um if it's four. So that means is Ayuk a top eight wide receiver? I think it's just because of his impact, yes. But is he, how many is he actually better than? So better you got Debo. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett who've been solid this year. So that's he's like five DK. Picks. I think he's better than DK. Yeah, but it's it's what he, it's what he's done. It's what he's done. Is he better? Sure, but it's what he's done. I, I'm just trying to see it with the logical standpoint of that and the fact that he's pretty much, especially his last several games. It's pretty much been like a bunch of two to three reception games of like 20, 40 yards, and it's one tug. It's like it's like I people know. want it doesn't wow people for a wide receiver. I know. It's, it's like, too bad because working. on a different team in a different offense, he'd be putting up numbers. But there's a lot of weapons, a run first team. Look at the quarterbacks. If he, he never gets his full, I don't know. I just feel like he should have been rewarded this year, and instead they gave it to Debo on like a lifetime achievement award. Like I don't know. What about McCaffrey as an alternate? Not making it over Tony Pollard. Pollard turned. Uh, it's because it's because of those it's because of those massive games he had. That's pretty He's much good. what it is. Um, I think that's pretty much people just just because he had like that blank week for the Chiefs. Even though he played and played efficient, but it wasn't anything. But that pretty much was his only you know smudge on his resume for this year. So I think over Pollard, who's pretty much a spellback. I, think I mean, not anymore. Second in the NFC in all purpose yards for by, by by running backs after Barkley. I don't know, man. I, yeah, and, and then after looking at that, it's like, man, the NFC has running backs that are not, you know, really noteworthy. It's literally Saquon, which is number one, sure. Then you probably would go with McCaffrey, and then literally those. Then there's a fat gap, and then I would probably go like Sanders, Pollard, and well, then Zeke, the third then, one was Sanders. But it's like Sanders is a really good player, but and he's been consistent. He's in the backfield with Jalen Hurts. So when defenses are looking at the Eagles, they have like split vision. You know, they're looking at two things. When with McCaffrey all year, it's been all eyes on him. He's a Tupac reference. So, I think that was weak. Last one, Traverius Ward is an alternate. I mean, good for him, but I think he's starter material. I mean, him or Jair Alexander? I don't know. Him, not Jair. It wasn't Jair. That's I saw that I had saying. Jair one, and that I'm was saying. a head scratcher. And I love Jair Alexander yeah. because of how fluid he is in coverage, but I thought Good it should have been Traverius off top. I think it should have been Traverius. He got a little robbed right there. Um, Jair got it in because of his name, for sure. Um, he's, it wasn't better than um, 
you know, Diggs is up there deserving. Darius Slay for sure. Yep. Um, but man, I should have been Charveris up there. I, I don't know what Tariq I Woolen, mean. another guy who's uh definitely solid deserving. this year. Yeah, solid. Very solid. Um, but I think Charveris should have been there too. I think it's kind of interesting. Like the 49ers have the best defense in the league, best defense in franchise history, and only two dudes made the team. Yeah, that's a little uh the three, three. Like three dude, like one at each level. Still. I think they're better than three. I think that what, what, the thing about the Niners defense is it's not just three elite players. It, it's, I think it's, they have two elite players at every level. I mean, Bosa and some people would argue Armstead. Then you got Greenlaw and Warner and Ward and, and Hafunga. So that's what makes the Niners defense. So, so with special. Ward, it's like, as an alternate, it's a total of four, yeah. but it's like, no, you, you got to put Greenlaw on there. I think if they put those two, at least Greenlaw in there, and you could say, like, okay, five total. This makes sense. There's five pro bowlers. That's pretty much almost about just under half the team. Um, yeah. I would be more than okay like that because Gibson has been, like, a nice fill-in, a good, capable starter. Like, it looks like he start for almost everyone, and then everyone else, like, pretty much just holds on to their own as, like, a stalling, uh, impactful player. So, yeah, they got they got a little short in a stick on that one. I think it's pretty clear that this team is better than last year's Niners team. Oh yeah, this team is really good. I mean, and I think Ward's of, a big part of that. I think Ward and dude, the Greg Greenlaw, Ward Greg Greenlaw, Greg Greenlaw, absent. Greenlaw didn't play last year. He was absent. Ward, yeah. Hafunga, and Greenlaw are just ta- a reason why this defense went from great to all time great. And uh, Brendel has more than filled in for Alex Mack. I mean, frankly, if they could just get a better right tackle. <laughs> oh, but even one with that, about, well, one more thing about what the Niners got, what they got wrong about the Niners. It would have been nice to see uh, Aaron Banks get an alternate. Uh, good for Jake Brendel, but I was a little surprised that he got the nod over Banks. Locally, it felt like Banks was more of a difference maker this year. Now, maybe, I don't know. Uh, that was that, that surprised me. I thought Banks would be the one that would get the uh, alternate selection. So yeah, picking guard is always hard. To, is like already, always difficult. You know, when, yeah. Wait. So hey, <laughs> quick, quick, quick rundown. Of the three we just you just mentioned between Ward, Greenlaw, and Hufunga, who who goes from top to bottom like the big, the one who's more responsible for the leap? I think Greenlaw is the second best player on the defense after Bosa. Greenlaw and then Hufunga, Greenlaw one. and then Ward, then Ward. And I think they've Huffing. all been great. I, I, nothing against Traverius Ward, but Greenlaw and Hufunga are playmakers. Ward is a shutdown man-to-man corner, which is also very valuable. Very valuable. But I'd he's like, had a couple go. bad games. I mean, the, the Chiefs torched, yeah. him. torched him. And the Dolphins got him a couple times, too. So, But the Dolphins get a lot of people with Tyreek Hill. You can chalk that up. That's fine. That's true. That is. I'd go Ward, Huff, and then Greenlaw just because, you know, they had Aziz last year who was good. So while Greenlaw does prevent provide that upgrade, it, you know, it wasn't, like, significant. Some people saying Traverius Ward is the best corner they've had since Dion. Hey, man, can we – hold on. Whoa! Richard what about, what, what about Jason Verrett? Like Verrett that year, Verrett, I think might have been the best. He didn't have Bosa that year, and he was locking people up. Poor Jason. Uh, Muhammad says if CMC was on the Panthers, they would have voted him in as a pity, but he didn't make it because the ni- coaches and players are hurt that he's an iron. Is that true? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think he was like it was him and Barkley were leading the fan vote, so, the, so it must have been the yeah, yeah. He was leading, uh, like, yeah, no. yeah. They voted in Tony Pollard. They probably think it like, oh, you got you got freaking Kyle or something like that. But it's like, yeah, but he pretty much carried them in two pivotal games of the season, the Rams and Seahawks. So, I mean, that kind of gets weighted better than other games. I think he has the numbers. Uh, he's got, like, the gross numbers. I mean, it's him and Barkley in terms of, you know, all-purpose yards. 
Brian Jones says, my fear is B people get exposed in the playoffs. All the fate talk with the fan base has me worried. If it sounds too good to be true, it, re- it usually is. Well, here's one thing with Brock that I've noticed. He's a better play-action passer than Jimmy. Yes. And teams are, are selling out to stop the run. But if you can stop the Niners' run game and force Brock into being a drop-back passer, he's not as good of a drop-back passer as Jimmy, at least right now. Because that's a lot of, I mean, you can't get dudes wide open in a drop-back passing game. You can do it in play-action. But a drop-back passing game like zip into tight windows matters. And that's just not his game. So... I'm curious to see what happens. The Niners should be able to run the ball, but sometimes they have problems because they can't run right. That's a big problem for them. They can't run right because of the right tackle. There's only like one or two defenses that could probably do that to him, though. It's true. In the NFC? It's true. It's true. Greenlaw is uh, OLB harder to make PB without sacks. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's an outside linebacker, but he, to me, I would consider him an off-ball linebacker. And when you put him in that category, who's having a better year than him? I don't think anyone is. I don't like the categories like the linebackers, even DBs in that sense. It's like, can he just go and cover? Can he do what? Can you do? Just put him there and just play with your play with your formation and figure it out. Jason says over under two point five All Pro selections for the Forty ers Over. Hmm. Over. Bosa will be one. Trent Williams, I think, is going to be two. Does Juszczyk get All-Pro? I don't think they count that fullbacks. I, I, I had this I had this talk with someone the other week, and it was like, I was like, oh, damn, you're right. I forgot. But still, I consider him All-Pro. <laughs> I mean, come on. I consider him. You know what they do? They, 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 they I think that's why they put two running backs on the same All-Pro. Actually, yeah. It'll no, they Boso, don't count it. It'll be Boso, Warner, and maybe Trent Williams. Off reputation. But this is All-Pro, not for, this, for the first, all pro, first, I'm saying. Team. first and second Bosa, team. Warner will make it. I think Warner will make it. Am I wrong? I think Warner will make it. Because what is that? How what do is you that? not have the three middle three linebacker the best defense all pro? They have to have more than just Bosa in the all pro team. This defense is too good to not have more than, I don't know. I think I'm going over. If Kittle keeps going the way he's going the last couple weeks, he might make it. Greenlaw got robbed. Still going to wear my, we're going to, uh, Wear my rep my fifty seven and seventy one jerseys, Cali Chuck. At the same time, like we're in the same time because those are some layers. At the, at you kind of need it. It's kind of cool damn outside. time. King Geo says, "Funny how I told you about Huff three months before he was drafted. I'll call in Sunday so you can finally get, <laughs> <him>. <laughs> get him. Get him. Get him. Everyone, hey, let's have a moment to, to give us a, a, a golf clap for King Geo. Make his AirPod he explode. Right something. Good job." <laughs> Matthew Sanders says, the way I remember it, it was always a year behind for guys like Justin Smith, Navarro, Whitner, C. Rogers, D. Goldson, et cetera. It takes a year to catch up. What do you sometimes, mean like to catch up? Sometimes. Like, depending. It didn't take a year for freaking Talanoa, right? Oh, that's what right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the Niners have locked up the three seed playoffs. They're in. Um, three more games. All they can achieve. Well, they might be able to get that number one seed. But – that would take a lot. Uh, they could definitely get that number two seed. Should that be their goal? Should they strive for the number two seed, you know, um, at all costs? For the next two weeks, yeah, they got to like they got to. That's got to be their pretty much almost like a priority, um, because obviously we know they have the next two weeks, the Commanders in a few days, and they got the Raiders on New Year's Day. Those two are going to be wins off top easily. I'm not even going to blink at those. Those are going to be wins for the 49ers. Now, the Vikings, on the other hand, they could probably suffer a loss along the lines. Like, they got the Giants and the Packers. I think they can go 1-1 one one in one of those games, if not maybe 0-2. Oh 
I think they're going to okay. split one of those games for sure, which at that point is going to all of a sudden create a dramatic season finale of Vikings, Bears, and Niners, Cardinals. But say like, you know, the Vikings win out, then I think if you're the 49ers, you're going to that week, that week 18 uh, season finale game against, you know, Cardinals who are pretty much just, <laughs> just the replacements from the movie and just pretty much chalking it up. It's just like, you know what? This is a game where we're just going to rest like, eight of our starters and not worry about it because if it comes to that point where you gotta like we gotta win the final one i don't think it wor- is worth it because what's what's the difference between number two and number three you gotta go on the road to play the vikings on the right. dome that's not a home field advantage you don't gotta worry about that so i think if it's if the if the vikings split in the next two weeks any of the next two games you definitely compete to the end but if you're both going neck and neck it's like it's not that serious because the worst thing you got a small travel to a dome team that you know you can destroy because they're soft i, I don't think it's that much pressing me at that point well I, I think kyle shanahan already tipped his hand that the niners are going to be striving for the two seed i mean i think most conventional wisdom would say heal up rest up be ready for the playoffs and he talked a whole a lot about it he's like i think that's the wrong approach in the nfl i think a lot of teams that do that usually have quick exits in the in the uh playoffs because they're rusty so i i don't think they're going to take that approach and that's fine I think they can play hard and win the next three games, but there are certain things they can dial back on while still putting the pedal to the metal, like how they've been using Christian McCaffrey. Yep, a thousand percent. I get it. I get it. I get it in Seattle when you're like not taking that game for granted and you just want to clinch the division. Fine, whatever. No, stop with the thirty touches a game or whatever. Like you need to not do that anymore. Because look. You got Trey Lance hurt running between the tackles. It was obviously your fault. We called you out. A lot of people had your back. You got Debo Samuel hurt playing running back. We called you out. A lot of people had your back. It was obviously your fault. Dude, don't do it again. Don't get Christian McCaffrey injured before the playoffs start when you already locked up the number three seed. That would be so dumb. And, yeah, a lot of people would have your back, but not me and Jose because we see through that. <laughs> and, Grant, that's our side of the points that I think we're pretty much similar on. Look, I'll, I'll give him – okay, fine. I get it why he did it, even though I disagree that against Seattle, you know, you had, you had, a, you had the division online. I get why you ran him to the ground all that such. Do you need to do that against the Commanders, the Raiders, no. the Cardinals? Hell no. no. You can win without doing that. Just to I'm go not saying give Seattle. games away, but you can win without doing that. Yes. Just to host a game against the Vikings, just for that, against the Vikings. Is it that much of a big deal to host a game against the Vikings? Come on. Like, I mean, sure for them, which also, you know, I, I thought about this – the other day too, earlier in the week is man, the, of all the times that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have been in the playoffs, they have literally been guns a blazing storming to the playoffs because they clinched the division in the playoffs, the final game of the season. This time it's like, well, we got all this time. What the hell do we do now? And it's almost like, so I understand what he's talking about. Like, cause there's so many teams like, Oh, we're going to rest our starters and they come out and they get, you know, clotheslined in the first round. So yeah. I get why he might be like, we got to play it dude. Cause you know, momentum matters, especially when we got to buy, but again, this is where you know context matters, and the same thing about what you just said is, all right, cool. You could still play them, but just don't put them too many compromises. Don't don't act like it's a must win game for these games. Play them, and then dictating on where like the momentum of the game's going, you know, just just don't play that huge risk factor with McCaffrey a thousand times and these players. Don't overplay them, but at the same time, like don't get cute. Like Brock Purdy needs these reps. You know, like you can't just all of a sudden sit a bunch of starters and just throw away games. But at the same time, you don't have to. They've I don't understand. I mean, I do understand, but like the way they've been overusing Christian McCaffrey, they've gotten real lucky that he just has knee irritation at this point. Like they need to be damn careful. But they 
the only, I think the biggest ones that they actually did overuse them was just the, the without the Debo without Debo being there. Um, obviously the Rams one necessary. I felt it. Season's on the line against Seattle. That one, that one. Okay, I get it, but I'll, I'll push back more on that one just because like we've seen Jordan Mason. He's proven he can be efficient. Why not just give him a little like five more touches in the middle of the game? But whatever, I get it. He's he can use the excuse. Well, I was trying to ride. I was going to go ride or die with the guy we traded all these picks for, or paying him in a big time game, prime time. Da, 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 da. Okay, fine. Right, right. But now the rest right. of the week, rest of the season, I don't want to see none of that because there's nothing on your side that dictates why you need it. Or maybe he's going to flip it on us and be like, "I wanted to get the number two seed." Like, is it is it really that serious? Come on, I think the Niners can go into Minnesota and put a beat down on them. Here's the thing that makes it complicated. Yes, they can go into Minnesota and win, but then what do you do after that? Do you stay out? east do you come back does that make it more difficult to win in philly the next week if you have to like the the, right. the, the you know the travel adds up and frankly as I, I don't have to play football but i have to do that travel too and i'm already tired thinking about going to minnesota's hell freaking cold coming back going to philly hell freaking cold like how yeah, where is that three minnesota flight to Phil- to minnesota four it's, it's a cool four oh wow hours. it's four okay yeah hmm. it's a cool four hours it's it's like it's almost going to chicago it's not, you know, and it's cold as hell. Right. It's, it's like negative degrees when you get off the plane. So I don't know. It, it'd be better to, to get that two seed if they can. And I think what's good about the Niners is they can strive for the two seed and get it without doing anything irresponsible. That's it. Just don't do anything irresponsible. Win the next three games. It's not that hard. Come on. I would just, like, yeah. Washington's going to score nine points this week. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Tops. Nine. Come on. What's, what are we talking about here? Maybe a couple How more about- garbage points. Maybe. Kelly Tremor says, yes, both jerseys at the same time. Y'all hilarious. Also, will the first game be at home or away? <laughs> Wait, with the long sleeve or without a long sleeve? <laughs> That's on question number three now. <laughs> Niners should prioritize health into the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can win these next three games without doing anything irresponsible. McGlinchey was the worst Pro Bowl uh, snub. He gave up the sack in the Dolphins game. He's not a sub. He's not. He's not. He's not. Commanders are live dogs itching for that number seven seed. They are. I think the Lions are going to take it from them. I think the Lions are going to win. They're going to get it. I I've been saying that for like two, three weeks now. Lions are going to get in. All right. Do you think the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC now that Jalen Hurts has a shoulder injury? I mean, he should be back for the playoffs, but what's what's his shoulder going to be like? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be crucial. I'm not even sure if that was a throwing shoulder. I think it was a throwing shoulder, right? If you couldn't recall. I'm not even sure, but whatever. Sure. It's a, shoulder, a shoulder injury for a guy who – who makes a lot of his impact with his legs running the football is obviously not a great situation to be in. Um, But like, even without that, like he has a great, great touch on those 10 plus 20 plus yard passes to AJ Brown and and Devontae Smith and intermediate. So that's going to be both of them. It's going to be effect. It's going to really hurt them. I mean, now you got Minshew mania coming in. So hell yeah. I think the four hours seem to be because I think right now they're, 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 they're rolling with the head of steam. They're on a seven game winning streak. Um, I know the Eagles are pretty much flying high too, but Jalen Hurts did a lot for that offense. It is not so much because, like you said, Miles Sanders, it's a throwing shoulder. Okay, oh, that's even worse. Great. Miles Sanders, like you said, um, benefits from that dual threat with Jalen Hurts. So what are you going to do? You're going to run the rock with him? No, they're not really efficient too great at that. They don't, that's not their MO to run the ball that way. They want to be. They want to keep you on your toes and get you guessing where the ball's running and then throw these deep shots or play action, whatever they want to do. Um, so, yeah, I think their defense is still going to be stout for sure, but I think the 49ers defense is better. I think the only thing the Eagles have over the 49ers is that secondary. 
So at that point, and with Purdy playing great, I think the 49ers, like, I give them the slight edge in that. What's interesting about this question to me is that how similar the Eagles and the 49ers are. They're both built to sort of carry their quarterbacks. And so if there's any teams in the NFL that can survive the loss of their starting quarterback, both it's these two. It's these two. So so Hertz goes down. He's a hell of a player, MVP candidate, pro bowler. Well, Gardner Minshew's, I mean, he's not great, but on this team, I think he could win a lot of games. I don't know if he beat the Niners, but is he a worse quarterback than Brock Purdy? I don't know. I mean, they're quite similar, actually. So um, could be a lot worse backups for sure. Yeah, like they're they're very similar, and they both have great defenses and weapons. And the one thing that Philly has that the Niners don't have is a just stacked offensive line, left to right, all five guys. And the Niners, um, they have good left tackle, left guard, center. But right, the right guard's really young, and the right tackle is really washed. The Eagles aren't soft either. They will, no. they will handle. They could handle a boxing match, a bloodbath for sure. So I, I won't go as far as to say that the Niners are the team to beat in the NFC, but I do think they can beat. Of course, they can beat the Eagles. I'm just thinking Absolutely also because <laughs> if say Hurts is out for the year, I mean not for the year. Excuse me, the regular season. He comes back in the playoffs. I can get that by, like. How rusty is he going to be? Like, is he going to be? Because right now he was clicking, and it's like, man, now you're gonna. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. We we talk about how Kyle's like, why are you running Trey and Debo in the situations when it wasn't called for? Why is Sirianni? I mean, I don't know he's not the play calling, but why is the Eagles running <laughs> Jalen Hurts against a bear, a three win Bears team? Like, I was yeah. like, wait, what? Do you, I mean, I'm sure you can win without running him this much, right? I'm, right? I don't know. Like, it's th- these teams. It's like just straight, just like go hard or go home mentality. We're just gonna throw it all at you, and you know, if you get hurt, you get hurt. But now they feel dumb. Lightweight. William Bennett says with Jalen Hurts, uh, with Jalen Hurts hurt, can the Niners get the number one seed? Okay, maybe. I think it's possible. They got to they got to lose out, and the Niners got to win out. That's the only way. Which I I do think think the Niners going to win out. I think the Niners are one hundred percent going to win out for that for sure. But I don't think I don't think the Eagles are going to lose out with Gardner Minshew. They're a really good team. They're like the Niners. Yeah, yeah. There's no way they're going to lose all three. They got Cowboy Cowboys maybe. Maybe Cowboys? Got Cowboys on Saturday. Sure. Saints. Saints at home. That's going to be a win. Uh Mm -hmm. Giants Mm -hmm. season finale. Most most likely probably will win. But the Giants probably are going to be fighting for maybe a higher seeding or to solidify themselves as well. Because even though they're pretty much in a good spot, I don't don't know if they're necessarily 100% guaranteed yet. Minshew is not bad. He's never been on a team this good. Yeah, I don't see Minshew being bad where they're going to lose all three. Nah. Uh, Would the Niners rather see men or Washington round one? Um, Ooh, I'd say after last Sunday, Mitt Washington. Yeah, man. I, Justin Jefferson is unguardable, and Dalvin Cook is great. And uh, I'm not gonna say anything nice about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, Commanders got. No, 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 it's not. Commanders just has Jimmy, a solid defensive front. That's it. Jimmy G is now Micho Rizzo on hood. I don't get it. Do you get it, Micho Rizzo? Why does that sound familiar to me? I don't get it. Sorry. All right. I got a question. Do you think the 49ers veterans are treating Brock Purdy like a pledge? Here's what I mean. Jose wasn't in a fraternity. I was in a fraternity. I was God. in Sigma Nu. I was in Sigma Nu at UCLA. Sigma Nu, Sigma Nu. So when you want to be in a fraternity, you got to pledge. And you're not one of the guys for like a full quarter. And you got to go there and clean up and show respect and all that stuff. And they and all the all the, you know, the older people got to essentially decide when you're ready to be a brother. Dude. 
Um, and I know it's ridiculous, right? But <laughs> yeah, that's a little it's bit. It's it's super ridiculous. But a football team is a little bit like a fraternity, and I feel like yeah. this particular football team has a lot of frat tendencies. And if you think about it, like Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he's not there, is still the the president of this fraternity. And George Kittle's like the social chair, and I would say that Kyle Uzcheck is like the dude who's in charge of in charge of uh, philanthropy. So th- those are the three guys in charge. And Sounds I like feel like they, they big dog people, especially rookies. They treat rookies like pledges. And I don't know. The way I see it is yesterday you had Brock Purdy passing out Christmas cards, little like a pledge. And today we asked George Kittle about it, and he was like, oh, yeah, he did that in front of the uh, media on purpose just to get a little, you know, it, we're going to find it. We, he needs to be fined for that. It's like, that's how you talk about pledges, man. And it, I, look, I get it. Like you want to create a, a culture of, you know, you got to earn your spots on this team. You got to earn your stripes. Great. Dude, if you're going to win Super Bowl this year, it's going to be with this kid here. Is it really productive to treat him like the pledge? I don't know, man. What do you think? How do you, how, how do you interpret the dynamics of this team with the kid stepping into the into the huddle and trying to take command (laughs) as funny as that is uh i i think i see where george is coming from actually now that you told it to me a second time right now um i i just i think his idea his logic kittles and whoever else you check of of producing that is it's pretty much just to keep him hungry in a sense and just keep him working for it like like hey kid great you're playing great for your first few games um we're we're clinched the playoffs clinched divisions don't let that go to your head. You still got to prove stuff. Da, right. da, 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 and, you know, pretty much put we it all out. did. We all went through hell week and hazing and da, 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 da. like you have to do it too. Don't and he's pretty much stuff. starting. He pretty much almost started the, the famous Jim Harbaugh to Ryan Dayquil. He's pretty much started on second base for that first game. But pretty much, you know, he has all this talent around him, a good team. The team's vying for a playoff berth literally right there. So I think, yeah, there's pretty much just like, hey, you know, we got to talk. You still got to work for it, dude. We need this. This is our Super Bowl bound team. You know, you know, we lost Jimmy. You're the replacement. Let's do this. So I, I, I think I totally see where George is on. I'm on George's side for that. No, but the way I see it is like for them to win the Super Bowl this year and be the first team ever to win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback, Brock can't act like a rookie and the team can't treat him like one. Everyone has to sort of pretend like he's a, a bro. He's made. He's been you know, initiated. They have to treat him like he's been initiated because if they, you know, treat him like he's not one of the guys, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is too like psychological, but to me, what Kittle's doing is right most of the time. But in these circumstances, you got to let Brock be the leader of this team. And when he tells you to shut up on national television, on on NFL network, you got to take it, George, because you're not the quarterback. You're the tight end. I think he's doing that Purdy being that loud rah rah leadership figure in the huddle on actual game day. And then through the week, that's when it's like, Hey man, we still got to be a little humble. We still got to work for it. I, I, you know, I still get it. I still, I don't mind that. I don't think if you let him into your circle and just like, Hey, where's rah rah buddy? Like it's all good. I think he could still do that. And being a supportive teammate both times, no matter which side he takes, but at least this one by like, almost like, you know, sunning him, little brothering him, I would say, is at least just, again, just keeping him with the eye on the prize. It's like, hey, man, you're still climbing towards something. You're still working towards something because everything's a work ethic. You don't want him to get anywhere near content 
at all and make him feel like he's there just because, you know, he, he beat the Bucks and Tom Brady. He helped the Niners lead them to um, to an NFC West title game in a short week. So a lot of there's a lot of praise coming towards him, and I think it's almost like trying to keep him leveled because there's so much going. I mean, look, I've already said he's better than Jimmy in terms of elevating the offense. He's already putting Trey Lance on notice, and like all this and so first time rookie court, all, all this, everything's yeah. accolades coming his way and praise. So I think that's a way to, hey, this is a this is a safe safety mechanism here on Brock Purdy. That let's try to pull him down to earth just in case. Not saying he is, but just in case he could be feeding into that. Think a little bit like that. I, I I like it. I personally, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and it seems to be working in the sense that Purdy is thriving. And maybe he's doing it in spite of George Kittle. You know, maybe from his perspective, you know, Kittle hasn't fully embraced me. He's treating me like a pledge on the starting quarterback of this team. Fine. I can I can thrive under these circumstances. I mean, it seems like what's been so impressive with Purdy is that he's been able to find this balance of being a aggressive, forceful leader, but not taking it too far, and uh, respecting the older people on the team. Like you can't be a wallflower, but you can't be a steamroller. And it seems like he's found this this line, and George is pushing back against him, and maybe that's the right thing. Um, but at the same time, like. I don't know, man. It, it just feels like, for example, going back to that thing with the T-shirt, it just feels like George keeps trying to make the point of like, man, the three top dogs in this team are still me, Jimmy, and Kyle, and nothing's going to change that. And I, it's like, I don't know that that's necessarily like a necessary thing to say at this point. Like, Brock's, Brock's, Brock is the president of the, of the fraternity right now. For all intents and purposes. He is. Sorry. If you're going to go anywhere this year, he's the president. And it doesn't mean he's going to be the president next year. But you can't, I don't know. I feel like you got to reinforce him a little bit. And when he goes around and gives Christmas cards, maybe George should just be like, you know what? I thought it was sweet. I thought it was charming. I don't know. I'm wondering if what if what his idea wasn't uh, stemmed or influenced. Not saying he necessarily said it, but from Kyle Shanahan. Because remember, Kyle Shanahan challenged Nick Bosa one week, and then he challenged George Kittle going into Seattle week. Right. So maybe that's the same. Not it's not identical, identical, but there is like some some similarity to it to a degree. Remember when George Kittle said that uh, Brock Purdy told someone to shut up in the huddle and in, in uh, practice? Remember when he said that? Mm-hmm. I wonder who that was. Was it George? Maybe maybe George messing around. <laughs> He's like, come on, Purdy boy, or whatever you're saying. Come on, Purdy, my man. I don't know. Because all I know is that he told him to shut up again on uh, national television. He talks too much. <laughs> maybe he did. Maybe maybe uh, George saw your tweet and like he like he gave him a nice nice little light punch to Purdy. He's like, come on, Purdy's a word, man. Let's go. Something like that. Some little and Brock just looked at him like, what the hell are you doing, you cornball? Shut up. Come on, let's go. Anyway, Brock Brock kind of reminds me of like the president of the pledging class. You know what I mean? Like he, he knows not to overstep his bounds. He knows he can't just hang out with the big dogs and and the seniors in their rooms. Like he's one of the guys, but at the same time, he walks that line very well, which you need from your president, from your pledge president. (laughs) Otherwise someone's got to do it anyway. It's working. Whatever it is, it's working. It's working. Matthew says McGlinch is Sergeant at arms sitting doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah. I think the saints can be the sleeper. No. Hell no. I disagree. What the hell? I disagree. Sleep or what? They can stay asleep. Pick the best Niners Pro Bowl team selections, 2012 versus 1994. I do. You'd have to give me the names. 
Sorry. 2012 had like five or six, I think. Maybe even seven. Yeah. Can you let me know what good D-line has Philly played that makes you say their O-line is great? If all you played is mediocre D-lines, then of course it'll look good. What offensive line does the Niners play that's great? What offensive line is better than Philly's? I'm not, Plus, saying, it's you know I'm not saying it's an all-time great offensive line or that it's better than the Niners' defensive line. But it's the best offensive line in the league. It is. There's a lot of bad offensive lines out there. I so think if you're just even remotely lines. good, that already puts you like that emphasizes you and props you up more than better than you are. But there again, that just shows like the fact that you're remotely good should probably classify you as almost elite, if not already. Has Levi Stadium gotten better in terms of uh, home field advantage? I mean, the Niners have what lost once there with the Chiefs this year, and even dating yeah. back to last year. So it's whatever whatever is going on good for them. It's clearly something's something's clicking. Something's clicking for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, last one. Brian Greasy seems to be a really good coach for Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. But there's still a very large chance that Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year and moving forward because Jimmy's probably not coming back and Brock Purdy's played less than three games. Do you think Brian Greasy is a good coach for Trey Lance? Uh, yeah, I don't think he's the optimal one yet because Trey doesn't have enough, enough tread in his tires for, for Brian to even, for Coach Greasy to even key in on anything to work on with him. I mean, you see something in practice, but a lot of times in practice, things could be going well. He's not really getting like the live looks that I think maybe Coach Greasy could really go in and, you know, just really tinker with. Whereas Purdy, he, you know, he's got the practice and he's got, you know, his whole college take from the plethora of games he played. Um, and even, even Garoppolo. I mean, Garoppolo, I think Brian Greasy played a big part in why Garoppolo was playing at a high level this year. He wasn't turning the ball over, which is rare. He didn't have too many negative throws this year. And he actually, we actually, we actually saw a lot more of him going off script, you know, challenging a slightly more, a little bit more downfield, even though they might not all have been completed. But we, it definitely seemed like a little more of a different dynamic Garoppolo. And then you transition to Purdy, and it's like, this guy is rare and ready to go. And he's even better and just looks great. Whereas with Trey, it was like, you know, he's still raw. What is what is Brian really? What is Brian Greasy really done with them? So I think, yeah, I think in terms of the style, I think Brian Greasy is more suited for the style of players that Purdy and Garoppolo are, especially since they're similar. That's why you get so many coaches saying like it's a seamless fit in terms of transition from Garoppolo to Purdy. Whereas you know Lance, he's definitely more mobile. He can run, he can scramble, and he's got a larger arm. So I think because remember when he got hired, Kyle talked about Brian Greasy being the uh, mental, the psyche coach almost. And with these guys, Garoppolo and Purdy, I think it's been almost the whole package. I agree. And I think what we're seeing with Brian Greasy is, I think he was instrumental in the selection of Brock Purdy. He wasn't here when the Niners drafted Trey Lance. And yeah. we'll never really understand why or how the Niners landed on that uh, choice. But I don't. he was not involved. I think it's probably, I think my best guess is that Kyle wanted Mac Jones. And to make sure that he would get Mac Jones, he traded up. And then the whole world told uh, Kyle, you can't take tra- uh, Mac Jones with the third pick. Which was true, because they could have just taken Mac Jones with the 12th pick. You didn't need to trade up for Mac Jones. So I think he tried to tr- talk himself in. I think the whole organization tried to talk themselves into someone with more upside, who was Lance. Um, so that was not Greasy's thing. He comes in, and they're like, we got this kid. Uh, we want to draft another quarterback and he's like, your help. I like that I like that guy. I like Brock Purdy and so is Clint Kubiak. He feels that way too or whatever Clay whatever the freak what, Clay Clint Clay Clint Clay Clay 
Clint? No, there's, Clint. There's two of them. One is in another. Anyway. Yeah, there's two of them, yeah. So, C- G- Greasy's invest... That tells me he's invested in Purdy. I don't know that he's invested in Lance. Um, I don't know. Give him a chance, though. Give him a chance. I think once Trey gets, like, more more reps under his body, not just in the practice rep, it's just... We need game reps from him, whether it's preseason, regular season, just something, and then so Brian Greasy can, you know, can go off something. I mean, even everyone keeps this guy's just a huge mystery. Where Purdy, it's like he had something to go off of a, a huge slew of games from Iowa, and he just looks at it and is like, okay, I can see this and that. Like, let's work on this, and then the same thing with Garoppolo. And since Garoppolo and those two have like some similarities, especially stylistically, he can just be like, hey, you see what Jimmy just did. Don't do that. Or you see what he's not doing? Do that. We need you to do that. So I think it's a lot more translatable, all transferable skills that he can like uplift with him and try to instill in him coaching wise with Purdy. Whereas it's like it's a little bit more tough with Lance because he's gonna be he has to be more you have you can't just confine him as just like that pocket quarterback. You have to allow him to be him to an extent. Yeah. Um I guess we've been asking a lot all year, like how much credit does Brian Greasy deserve? At least uh, a little bit, right? A little bit. I mean He's had his best results with the veteran, Jimmy, and Brock, who's been playing forever. I feel like a really good quarterback coach would get some results with Trey. But, I mean, the guy got hurt immediately. So, I just like to see – I want to see what Greasy does with Trey. That's the ultimate test. Because, I mean, whether or not you like him or that's your first choice, that's a big challenge. That's a big project. If you're a legit coach, you can make some headway there. You can make him improve. So – that's he's gonna what be I see huge Brian too with with that injury and trying to get him to reworked and try to get like his mechanics everything like back to being polished again or not again because he you know he was flawed in a lot of his mechanics too but it, I just just help hang him play a part in getting him back to where he get, can be and just you know and applying that to like a real offensive practice session so I think I think Brian Grease is gonna play a big part in and, and reintegrating Trey back into the offense is getting him back up to speed again because that's that's a lot of time not playing ball and you're coming back. You're wondering, am I still the same guy with this injury? The Lions will take out either Mini, Dallas, or Philly for us. Mini? Oh, like in the playoffs? Yeah. I think they could beat the Vikings if that actually came down to it. I think of all the teams the Vikings could see if they're second versus seventh, they do not want to see the Lions. That's divisional, and that can always go either way. Dustin the Gale says thoughts on Grant. You're so grounded. Comment from Kittle. LOL. So here's what happened. Um, you know it's it's that week uh, pre Christmas where the players get Christmas questions. So someone asked Kittle like, "What's your favorite Christmas song? What's your favorite Christmas tradition?" And his uh, his locker's right next to McCaffrey, who had just talked. So McCaffrey's there, but like turning away. And Kittle says his he says my favorite Christmas song <clears throat> is Mariah Carey. And you just hear from the background, like, McCaffrey go, that's an artist. (laughs) (laughs) And Kittle goes, yeah, everyone knows that song. And I just, you know, I'm a prick. So I was like, yeah, except you. Clearly, you don't remember what the name of the song is. And you said it's your favorite (laughs) Christmas song. And he goes, oh, my God, Grant, you're so grounded. Uh, Kittle likes to banter. That's the way I I saw it. So he was grounding me. But what I wanted to say was, dude, I'm five years older than you. There is no way you're grounding me. I am your elder, so no, not happening. But uh, he forgot the name of his favorite Christmas song, and he had to think about it and kill time and burn time, and he re- finally remembered that it was, what was it? What's the Mariah Carey song? All I want for Christmas is you. Oh, shut up. God damn it. Uh, 
Jesus says, besides the Eagles, who is a team in the playoffs that can give us a run for our money if we come in underestimating them? Minnesota, dude. They have Justin Jefferson. He's that good. He's that good. I mean, look, we, we, we make fun of Minnesota all the time. They've beaten Buffalo this year. Like, they've had some miraculous – they've had some big-time wins that the Niners haven't had. So, I still think the Niners are better than Minnesota, but that's a team that qualifies. I guess Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit almost beat them last year. They – Yeah. If Kyle loses with Brock, do you give him another chance knowing Brock was better than Jimmy? Yeah, I don't think Kyle's getting fired this year. What do you think? No. You give him another give chance. Him. Baby, Wait, give I, I him interpreted it as like Kyle loses with Brock. You give him – okay, no way. Yeah, no, they're staying. I think I mean, is it giving Brock another chance just to come like to come back and compete? Like, because I mean, I think it's pretty much set if Brock maintains his level that it's going to be a quarterback controversy. Doesn't it seem like Brock has won over the locker room more than Trey ever had? Yes, because Trey never had a chance to. True. Trey never had a chance to. Brock did and he took full advantage of it. And, you know, he's blowing expectations out of the water and he's better than Jimmy. Crazy. True. True. Hey, are you looking forward to Jimmy Garoppolo playing for the Raiders next year? He's going to play for the Jets or the Patriots. You saw Trent Brown like to post that talked about, we got to replace Mac Jones. I'm I'm, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm paraphrasing here about the post. Mac Jones for Brady or Garoppolo or whoever, and he liked it. I mean, back to like post things, controversies. But, I mean, watching that Raiders-Patriot games made me throw up in my mouth. That was so boring. Pitches are a bad Can line. I just say real quick that this whole Patriots year has been so satisfying? Like, Bill Belichick, I felt like I always got too much credit for that dynasty. And they always talked about, oh, you know, that team, so good at situational football. They always know what to do. Oh, huh? Uh huh. On the final play of the game, Jacoby Myers throwing Dude, they it went rogue. 60 yards backwards to buy. That was great. Way to go, Bill Belichick. Way to have him ready for that situation. What a That's fraud. Crazy. What a Dude, fraud. the moment that Romain, R- Ramondre Stevenson started, he had like a 20-yard gain. And then he just turns around and tosses it. And once I saw that happen, I was like, oh, no. This is like the worst thing you could do right now. Just go to overtime. And then. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I guess God. they just weren't well coached. 2012, Gore, Staley, Upati, JNA, Smith, Willis, Bowman, Goltz, and Whitner. Damn, that's a lot. 94, Young, Waters, Rice, Brent Jones, Chipotle, Subblefield, Dion, Bullshit. Tim McDonald, Hanks. Damn. This team should have had that many. Um, the 94 team, I feel that. like, is a better team than the 2012 team because the 94 team won the Super Bowl. The 2012 team did not. 94. Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and Deion Sanders are three of the top 10 players at their position. Rice, number one. Deion, number one. Steve, top 10. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, the only it's one in the Niners is pretty much just Patrick Willis. Uh, Jesus says, I know a bunch of Raider fans that keep talking, uh, starting to feel a little worried. Should I, or are we going to blow them out? What do you think? Wait, I keep talking because that's all Raider fans do because they have nothing else to do because the only ones, they have more fight than their own team. True. Uh, Dustin the Gale says, Trey has shown support to BP on his Instagram stories. Also, isn't Trey basically healthy? I feel like he's being asked to keep a low profile. Does feel that way. But to Brock's credit, he's giving credit to Trey as well. But I, I agree with the last part of that sentence, and I don't know why. Anyway, that's the end of the show. always a low profile? Yeah, but, I mean, is he still injured? He's on injured reserve, so. Yeah, that's right. That's true. 
Anyway, hope care. you're not on the TB12 to Niners bandwagon. I mean, you got it. It's nice to have options, man. Let's see what Brock Purdy does. He might be the next uh, Tom Brady or not. If Purdy just continues this anywhere close. It stays in the same ballpark. Doesn't massively derail. He can have, he can look, start to look bad, but just massive, just massively derail. Brady's an afterthought. It's not happening. Hayden Berry, the TNT slayer says, I just don't get it. How the Niners seem like they are done with Trey. Give the kid a chance unless Brock wins the ball. I just don't get it. They're not giving up on him. It's just going to be more of like a competition next year, which could be good for Trey. Might be best for him. Because, wait, you were there for two training camps. What was his best training camp? As a rookie or, la- or this past one? Well, as a rookie, because this last one, he had to go against the Niners' starting defense. Okay, and that's true, yeah. K- Kittle was barely out there. Debo was barely out there. I mean, it's the best defense in the league. Yeah, pretty I, I much just the, if he wasn't throwing to IU, too, it was pretty much a dead play. All bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, huge fan of yeah. you uh, too. Appreciate you guys answering questions. We don't need Tom Brady. Yeah, but just leave, just, just, just leave the door open. Okay, after the way he played against the Niners, especially, well, he's kind of been playing like that all year, Tom Brady. But that, and especially that was like the exclamation point against the uh, on the Bucks Niners game, and the way Purdy's been playing, and if he just keeps along that line, he can teeter, he can wander off like a swerve off like a snake. I think now it's over. It's it's Trey and Purdy season, and you just bring in a vet like someone like. I don't know, just on a year, $2 million deal because Purdy's yeah. cheap. Super cheap. All right, the show's the show is over. Stop giving me money. The defense can't be all-time without the number six. Need that. Without number six. Need oh, that. Right. Yeah. Well, I think they're on the it's way. True. They just might. They just might. Here's the thing, though. We talked about can they beat Philly. Yeah, they can beat Philly. My question is can they, they beat the Chiefs when Andy Reid has two weeks to prepare? That's hard. Bills, even the the Bengals, man. Those are three really good quarterbacks, and you got Brock. Nothing against Brock. Remember, it's going to be in the dome in Arizona, right? And is that grass or turf? That's turf. Grass. It's grass. Really? Oh wow. Okay. They actually have grass in that dome. (laughs) So that's those are the two teams. I think even the Bengals, I think, will give them fits. Elite quarterbacks, pretty much. Elite quarterbacks who are the prime. Those are the three teams that are obviously going to make the Super Bowl. Right. Um, that's gonna be the ones right. that the Niners are. Really and as good as go. Philly is, like they don't necessarily they, they had an elite quarterback when he's healthy, but I don't know if he will be. So exactly. Yeah. Rust, who knows? Who says, you know, unless we lose in reference to uh this one. So appreciate you, Jesus. The show <laughs> is over. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Be safe. Tell your family you love them. I don't know. I never know what to say at the end.